When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everyone. This is Catfish on Ice, episode 164, with your full crew, Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. Talking some Preds hockey tonight, right before we get to Christmas. Uh, we've got the full crew back. Rich and Kyle, how are you guys doing? Doing excellent. We are back. We're back. The crew's back. We've got a lot to get into tonight. We've got to talk about the Oilers' uh House of Horrors, is that what we're going to call it? Like, just like, we just can't, we cannot face the Oilers anymore. Like, I never want to see that team ever again. Never well, again. Except. Do I want to see that team. Except they're going to be back on Monday night. And I'll be at that game. So, I yeah. don't know what I'm talking about. That's all right. The, the, the Leon, the Leon Dreisaitl happy fun hour is what it seems like. <laughs> I don't Zach know. Hyman, the no, Zach Hyman uh, hat trick. Happy hour. Yeah. You know, I, I love my mother. I love her dearly. She is like my rock. But I don't know what she was thinking when one of my Christmas gifts was, let's go to a Preds game when you come back home next week. And she picked the Oilers game. <laughs> oh, that's just. So I can't comical. wait. I cannot wait to go next week. I cannot wait. Thank you, mother. You know what? Even I've been to several of their games and they've lost and you know what it's still awesome it's still an awesome time it no is matter and, what. I, can, and I, I can't wait to get back to bridgestone arena i do miss home for sure and uh hey the predators have lost eight in a row to oilers so something has to give here oh is it so, that bad Oof. yeah they've yeah. lost eight in a row they're dating, not unbeatable dating back to 2019 the preds have not beaten the oilers and and when you go man Max Greenberg is going to be there. You're going to see Buddy Max. Yes. Good I cannot wait Max. to see Max. I will see him there. Um, be back on Broadway there. Hopefully, Preds fans will be out and about. It's going to be a Monday. I'm not so sure about it. It'll be right before Christmas. But, um, yeah, but it's, it's right before I, Christmas, so everybody's off work. So. I need fans to rally right now, everybody. We're going to get into it a little bit later because I know this. I will say this right now, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. This feels like the lowest that this franchise has been as far as fan excitement, fan um, confidence, whatever you want to call it. This feels like the lowest point this franchise has been at since before LaViolette got hired. It feels that low right now. I blame social media. That's fair. That's very fair. It's um, There's a bunch of people who – are uh, angry and they you got an outlet to vent your anger and you say whatever you can say whatever and there's no consequences or nobody cares or you know you can say whatever you want so i don't know it That's just true. seems like it just seems like it's a little overblown a little much so um yeah i don't know it is a low point it is it is low right now like you said though but uh 
you know. It, it just it seems very apathetic at the moment that just people just yeah the caring isn't there like it was. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. But you know, it's like um, you know, I think people are so fed up that when you get angry about um, a player getting waived who who hasn't been that great, in my opinion, we're going to talk about it later, but, you know, I think they just look for any little thing. They're so fed up with the, with the organization that, like, any little thing just sets off a big, huge, a big, huge firestorm. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, so our friend Boyd wants us to talk weather right now, apparently. So um, He did. You see that? Yeah. What uh, – I got to give the weather report real quick. It's partly cloudy skies, uh, 71 degrees right now. Uh, humidity is at 54%, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. Okay, anyway, weather anyway, report right there. Catfish and Ice weather report. All right, <coughs> Boyd, we love you, man. You're going to be on the yeah, podcast bro. very soon. We got to get you on here as well for Sure. very soon. Um, let's tell That's you what smart. we're getting into tonight for episode 164. We're going to recap what happened against the Oilers. The Predators, they put up a few goals, but again, just another instance of the Predators cannot connect on the power play. They're 0 for 5 in this instance. They have not. They're 0 for 15 now in their last four games. I don't know if you guys saw the, the status shared, but it's pretty Dude. eye-opening. 0 for 15 over your last four games. You've lost all four of those games. Um, this team is not scoring <laughs> power. If you take out the Islanders win earlier this month, the Predators have not scored a power play goal in almost a month, calendar-wise. Almost Yeesh. a month. Yeah, it's that bad. So, um, it's not really rocket science why the Predators are not reaching their full potential right now. But we're going to talk about that Oilers game because all I can say is that is a matchup nightmare for this team. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We are going to also get into our top five current rivals for this team. Who are the biggest rivals? We have done this segment before in the past, but it's been a while, and rivalries, they shift over time. Uh, in episode 163, which was just a couple days ago, I did an episode with Mason of uh, BFR, who covers the St. Louis Blues. We did a rivalry episode. It was a lot of fun before the Predators played the Blues on Monday. Had a lot of fun with a rivalry edition episode, so we're gonna do it again. We're gonna we're gonna ask we'll go around the room here, and hopefully our listeners will get in get in on it as well. Who are the top five current rivals for the Predators? I think it, that changes from year to year based on how teams are playing and where the Predators are right now. We're gonna do that list. We're gonna do a quick preview of the World Juniors because they're happening again. Uh, you know the the World Juniors they kind of got shifted a little bit because of mm -hmm. COVID and everything that happened. So the 2023 world juniors are about to start in like two weeks. And so there's a couple really key predators prospects who will be playing in the world juniors here coming up here in a few weeks. We'll do a quick preview of that. We are going to have a really open ended and very frank discussion on what's going on on social media right now. As Rich just alluded to when it comes to, what type of role does sports media play into the fan experience? That's kind of how I'm labeling this because I have a, a degree in sports broadcasting. I know what it's like to cover it from that angle, and it's a very difficult angle. And just as Rich just mentioned, 
social media has changed everything. For and sure. It make, and makes it very difficult and very challenging to communicate with each other. And it's not a normal way to communicate with each other. It's no. just not. It, and it so, is a very bad way to communicate with each other. <laughs> yes. In my opinion. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about it. We have to. We have to cover it. We're a Predators podcast. We even, we're we're, we're going to cover the hard topics too. We're not going to just skate by the hard topics. And um, we respect all the hardworking media personalities that cover this team. And so we're going to cover this topic and discuss what our thoughts on everything that's happened in the last couple of days and give our thoughts on that. We have some quick hitters tonight to cover. Ovechkin hits 800 goals for his career. Um, just an amazing accomplishment. I feel like it's really getting lost in the shuffle right now because there's so much going on in this world. And a lot of it is very but important things that are going on outside of sports. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the hockey world, how are we not talking more about the fact that we are literally watching history right now? Alex Ovechkin just hit eight, 800 goals. <coughs> it's very likely that he will pass the great one, Wayne Gretzky, in the next two seasons, probably, as long as he continue, as long as he chooses to keep playing. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I think he's going to keep choosing to play. He still looks like he's having a whole lot of fun. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, exactly what you just said, for sure. He's 37 and just got a, a hat trick. I mean, like, <laughs> that's amazing. For sure. And then we will round it out also with some really cool nerdy, nerding it out type of info here. Uh, Forbes released their NHL team values for the year, and the Predators will we'll talk about where the Predators ranked in the, among all NHL teams in terms of team value and how their team value grew over the year. Of course, a lot of people are talking about it from that perspective because with Bill Haslam, the new owner, he's got minority stake now. He's already bought a minority stake in the team. Eventually, he will be the majority owner. What does that mean moving forward? But Forbes releasing their team values is kind of interesting. There's a couple interesting numbers I came across here in terms of where the Preds franchise is going. Absolutely. So that's what we're getting into, everybody. We got some comments rolling in yet, Rich? What do we got going on here? Um, just Max Greenberg saying you're going to see him at the game. Aww. And then, and then Max, his, uh, Max is all says, alone right now. He's at his low point in his fandom as well. And, yeah. I, and he says he's been Rough patient. Times. Yep. But all right, guys. You know it's all good. Let's get into it right now. Episode 164 of Catfish on Ice presented by DraftKings. We are going to open up the opening face-off here tonight with the most recent loss for the Predators taking one on the chin once again Ooh. to the Edmonton Oilers. It's a team that we just dread at this point to see on the schedule. I kind of – the Oilers are the new avalanche for me. Like last year it was the avalanche. When you drew the avalanche in the first round last year in the playoffs, that was the team that was in my nightmares. It was the it was the matchup nightmare for me. This year it's the Oilers. That's the new team for me. Mm -hmm. Anytime I see the Oilers on the schedule, I'm going to quiver in the corner and I'm going to think the Predators have no chance. Uh, and unfortunately – you know, they score the first goal in this game, but I just – both teams were – the Oilers were on a back-to-back. -back. The the Preds were as well. You thought mm -hmm. maybe that might lean more towards the Predators a little bit, but 
Let's go to Kyle first. Kyle, what did you see from this game, man? Did you learn anything new about the Predators? What What do you take away from it? Anything new? I wouldn't say anything new. It's more of the same. Bad passing, just not – nothing looks like it works. It. I will say this. The, they used Parsonen and Glass on that top power play unit, and uh, they, they actually looked better. They got a lot more – more chances with those two out there than they've been getting. Uh, I don't. At this, it's just a tough road to hoe. I don't. I don't even know what to say. They need to do. Edmonton just made them look clueless for a long points of time. And Dante Fabro played a good game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What's we'll up? Words, words that uh, I never heard Kyle say for 800, Alex. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, you know if I'm saying that, it's bad. Guys, yeah. well, oh, we're about to go to Rich, but sometimes I just got to chime in a little bit. Sometimes you just have to realize that in a certain matchup, you are outmatched. And when it comes to the Predators versus the Oilers, you are outmatched. If you've if the Predators take on the Oilers in a seven game series, it's probably going to be a sweep. I hate to be that negative about it, but the two teams are drastically built differently, and you've got a Predators team that can't score, they can't connect on the power play, they they have a very huge lack of elite superstar talent, and then you've got an Oilers team that's starting to click, and the really the only deficiency of the Edmonton Oilers again is their goaltending and even then the Predators could not make them pay so much they only scored three goals so yeah that's the bad part um Jack Campbell has been like a sieve all year like he's he's become one of the worst goaltenders in the NHL and and they just couldn't capitalize on that um you know that you got to stop you got to stop the human highlight reel McDavid and his best buddy Leon Drysaitel, which that's a near impossible task for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you had them coming off of a, a loss to Minnesota the night before. You know that's going to be you know they're good and ticked off because of that. Um, you put that together with um, exact Kyle hit the nail right on the head. Nothing works for the Predators, no matter how hard they try. Mm-hmm. Everything is a struggle. You know, they managed to get three goals. It was good. The first one was a fluke, even though Glass got it. But nothing works. I mean, Duchesne doesn't work. Um, Everything he tries, they figured out his moves. Forsberg – I mean, I think I I read, if I'm not not, uh, mistaken, like Forsberg had like three shots last night. Duchesne had like three. Mm -hmm. Um, Those dudes make a bunch of money. That they make a lot of money and like three shots. It's just that's just not. Well, let me, let me let me ask you guys more about this then. Okay, so Forsberg's still kind of figuring out ways to put points like on the board. Like he's still getting assists here and there, but <coughs> he is not performed on that dynamic offensive driving forward no. that we were all sold. And we all love Forsberg. I'm not trying to like he, – he, I'm hoping he plays his way out of it. But if you had a time machine and you could 
rewind back over the offseason when we were all obsessing over we have to re-sign Forsberg or it's the end of the world. We were all saying this on this exact podcast. We were like, it's going to be the end of the world if we don't re-sign Forsberg. And if you look at his numbers, he's still putting up points. But has he really been that critical, dynamic, clutch, driving forward for the Predators this year? I would say he hasn't been. He hasn't shown up in the really big moments this year yet. So, uh, Kyle, Kyle, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think I'm being a little overdramatic there, or what do you think? Uh, he's He's been struggling. That is uh, – for very, very certain. And it doesn't matter who he's on the line with, doesn't matter who his center is, it's always seems very difficult for Phillip. He seems frustrated. He seems – he doesn't seem that white, jovial self, and mm-hmm. that's when he's playing his best hockey. Uh, that's – yep. Uh, I got to go for a minute. I'm going to try to jump back on. Had something come up. I'll be back. Sure. Okay, Kyle. All right. Yeah. So what um, Kyle's saying, what what's Kyle saying there is absolutely true. He has not been his same normal self. Like Forsberg no, doesn't yeah. look, he doesn't look like he's having fun, um, like he was last year. And it feels it feels strange to me that he is you know not mm-hmm. being the same offensive, driving, dynamic type of player that that takes over games this year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, you know, it's like we got used to what they were doing last year, him and Duchesne and, you know, uh, Granlin even was was playing better really than he is this year. And we, we were like, there's that ray of hope and it's 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 gone right now. Like they just nothing works, nothing that they try works. Now, to be fair, they did have a lot of roster shakeup. So that's you know, true. Uh, so against the Oilers, against yeah. the Oilers, Forsberg manages only three shots on goal. Um, just not going to get it done. I mean, you need a player yeah. like of his stature. You need more offensive generation than that. I mean, and I'm not saying it's all on him. I'm not. I'm, no. I'm clear. I'm not saying that there. It's not. Hockey is a team sport here. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying this is all on Forsberg, obviously, but it is worth talking about right now because you did go through all this effort to re-sign him over the offseason. And like I said, yes, he's putting points on the board. If you just look at his normal stats right now, he's still managing points right now. No one's saying he's not. But is it enough to move the needle and make this Predators team a better team than they were last year? Absolutely not. And when you pay a player like Philip Forsberg the money you did – you need those types of players to move the needle. And unfortunately, he is not doing that right now for this Yeah, I, I mean, he's collecting some points, but the points they need to be collecting. He leads the know. team of points right now. He's got 24 yeah. points in 27 games. Right. That sounds pretty good. But I've even <laughs> seen things from analytics folks who say a point per game really isn't as impressive as it used to be. Yeah, with the scoring being up, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean – Goalies are getting roasted at an all-time high level this year. I mean, sure are. Left sure right. are. So, um, we need Forsberg to kick it up to another gear. I've been saying that for a few weeks now. Uh, the whole team does. Uh, 
you're talking about a team that collectively is one of the worst power plays and one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. Against, and, yeah, and they were playing a team with one of the best power plays in the in the game. So it's a know. matchup nightmare against the it Oilers. Is a, yeah. It is a matchup nightmare. And 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 to be fair and honest, you know they're a tough matchup for a lot of teams. Um, you know we've seen Connor McDavid. Anytime he's on the ice, it's usually some kind of highlight reel. Um, it's going to be tough for any team, but you know you you catch a you catch a Predators team that's not playing anywhere near what well what they're capable, and it's just it's a bad recipe. Like I, I was I was actually shocked that they got as many goals as they did. I mean, the first goal was a was a fluke, to, in my opinion. Yeah, um, but but to get three, you know. Uh, just, I think that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, so For Zach how- Zach Hyman got his first career hat trick. Leon Drysile continues to haunt the Predators. Another mm-hmm. five point game for him. I mean, look at these expected goals from your top three for the Oilers. Uh, Drysile with a five point game had a zero point eight two nine expected goals. So he vastly outperformed what he was expected to do. Mm-hmm. Hyman scores three goals. Uh, Connor McDavid puts up a just a normal run of the mill four point game for him. Six yeah. shots on goal from McDavid, six shots on goal from Hyman, five shots on goal from Drysidle. Mm-hmm. It, it's another case of the Oilers just know how to really mm-hmm. sh- make their superstar shine for sure. And and the the last goal that um, McDavid got, um. We've seen him do that before. You know, he skated through like three or four Predators guys. Dante Fabro was all over him. He even hit the puck, and, mm-hmm. and McDavid managed to 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 pull yeah. the puck back in and shot a shot. And like it's so quick, you know, there's nothing you can really do about it. And we've seen him do that tons of times. And it's like, you know, he's going to get his no matter what for and sure. And then you and then you flip over to the Pred side. And you look at the stats here. Jordan Gross actually leads the Predators in shots on goal in this game with five. Um, I mean, I think the rookie's doing what he can. I don't think he mm-hmm. looks that bad. I mean, no. um, if anything, we're getting development out of the rookie right now. Jordan Gross doesn't look bad at all. Uh, of course, Roman Yossi has to put the put the team on his back. Almost 27 minutes of ice on time yeah. on ice in this game. Um but again, you go 0 for 5 on the power play, and it's just not going to get it done. I can't figure out for the life of me why this team cannot figure it out in this critical area when they were the sixth ranked power play last year. Yeah, um, just, yeah. When yeah, when you look on when you look on paper, you would think they made upgrades. You would think mm-hmm. by adding. Nino Niederreiter, of course, Ryan McDonough's out, and he wasn't really added as a power play specialist per right. se. But um, we're going to talk about it a little bit more because I don't, I haven't got your thoughts on it yet, Rich. But that that that's kind of what baffled me even more about. Okay, you're going to let Ellie Tolvanen go um, yeah. when when you're a team that's start. It'd be one thing if you let a guy go who has no offensive value, and you're like, we have no use for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't figure out what this team is doing right now. Well, it, yeah. Yeah, that whole situation is really weird. But, um, you know, you look at the flip side, they do have a lot of, of, of guys out. That that hurts for sure. And then the um, 
the 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 events that unfolded over the weekend, you know, with them putting uh, Tolvin in on waivers, uh, and then I, I, with the way things panned out, it would it would look like to me that they put Tolvin in on waivers, and then they got the news about Michael McCarron, which we all wish the best for him, whatever mm-hmm. he's going of through. Of course, yes, definitely. Um, so you know, you, you get rid of someone you could have plugged in in McCarron's absence you know, on the fourth line or wherever. Um, this is so weird. It's just, it's just strange. And now you've depleted, you know, your forward line, your forwards, and it's, uh, you, you, you shot yourself in the foot. But um, it's very, very strange uh, the way things are going right now. It's like there's something going on, but we obviously don't know what it is. Uh, Justin Gambino jumps in. He says, I'm tardy. Hey, we'll forgive you, man. It's okay. It's all good. And he, he shares a pretty good stat here. Reds <laughs> are two out of 24 on power plays recently. Two out of 24. Um, Ugly. To put put it even more perspective, if you take out the Islanders game, the, the last time the Predators scored a power play goal was November 21st against the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Almost a month. Which – um crazy. I got some blowback on that because that's a little misleading because you had the water main break. Um, so that makes it right. seem like it was way longer ago than it really was. But still, sure. that's pretty bad, guys. That's still pretty <coughs> bad. So, um, yeah, the Predators, with everything seeming so bleak and so scary, what's crazy is the Predators still have plenty of time to play their way out of this. The problem is I don't see, see any any – solutions on this current roster that's going to magically fix the problems we have. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Like what's going to fix it. I look at their roster right now and and here's a big one. I circle Nino Niederreiter. We were all about it. We were so excited about Nino Niederreiter and he leads the team in goals with 10, which is not saying very much for this team, but he leads the team in goals with 10, but he only has 13 points. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I even think, like, after the, the games over in uh, Europe, I was like, this might be the most important uh, player they've ever picked up in recent years. And it's, I mean, thanks we for the 10 a, goals, but, man. We, we have a new commenter coming in here. I, uh, Tim Davis is jumping in on YouTube. We want to Welcome, get him Tim. in on his comments. Welcome, Welcome in, Tim. He says, I'm sure the coaching staff and leadership knows enough about hockey. They will, they will fix everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. Uh, okay. And he also says, wait until Smith catches fire. He's an 82-game player. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the play on words there. Um, let's talk about that. Tim Davis brings up a really good point. First of all, Tim, thank you so much for joining sure. the show. Please come back. Get in on the Hockey Talk. We appreciate you being yep, in absolutely. on our YouTube channel here. Uh, we welcome you in. Okay, so he brings up a very, very mm. important point here. He talk, He brings up Cole Smith, which <laughs> is a very, very polarizing player to bring up right now because everyone thinks, why is this guy in the lineup every night? Why does John Hines love him so much? Um, let me ask Mr. Esteemed Rich Howe that question. Rich, why is Cole Smith in this lineup every night? I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. So, um, he he must be doing something right, I guess. I don't know what it is. I know he's hit the post quite a few times, and like he's definitely due a goal. 
I'm just not sure what he's showing the coaches over other players. Um, I don't know what they see in him that they that they don't see in other people, and that's what's really strange to me. Wait a minute. I think I think Tim is the owner of Landry. Oh, which is the beautiful dog? Am I am I am I going crazy here? Ah, I think you're right. That, that is our that is That's our friend. Tim. <laughs> that's Tim right there. He's got the awesome. Yeah, she lives with us. Yeah, that's. There you go. Now we know who this oh, is. Oh, the mystery he's has been, been solved. He's been on here before. Welcome in, Tim. Welcome we love to, you, man. We know you. Now. We love your dog. We love your dog. <laughs> All your dogs are beautiful, and we love you too, Tim. Yeah, we might. We love your dogs, but we definitely love Tim too. Okay, (laughs) so Tim's in here. We appreciate you joining. The mystery is solved. There it is. CIA or CSI, I guess I should say. Catfish Catfish Investigative Association. It took us a while to figure that out. All right, Um, we're a little slow. Keep commenting here. Keep commenting here on the show. So, um, (laughs) yeah, here's my thing on Cole Smith. Let's talk about Cole Smith here for a second. Um, Let's kind of like. Get back on focus here. Cole Smith, for me, is just the prototypical John Hines-style player. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm saying that he's not a prototypical player that's going to be on a Stanley Cup contending team. Yep. He does a lot of really good things well in terms of laying the body out there in terms of blocking shots, doing the dirty work. But let's call it like it is. He Cole Smith is not going to sniff a starting roster on any of the top elite, top-tier teams in this league. Mm-mm. He's no. not. No. Nope. So, so that's what makes fans upset right now when you're looking at this Predators team is just call it like it is. We are not a – highly contending team right now if we're putting a Cole Smith in the lineup every night. Yeah. And that's, you know, unfortunately, I'm not saying Michael McCarron was a, you know, like going to shoot the lights out or anything, but like, you know, he, he, he had, he played a role, you know, and like now Cole Smith is filling that role, but he's been moving around, you know, they move him around a lot. And like I said, to be fair, he has hit the post a lot of times and he is due for a goal. But like you said, he's not going to be, you know, top six, you know, constantly, consistently overnight. And it's just not going to happen. Um, this is weird. Yeah. It's baffling. That's, that's one of the things that does baffle me a little bit, but. Um, and I, I do want to say in all seriousness, we wish the best to Michael McCarron for sure. and, what, and whatever is going on right now uh, that he enters the uh, assistance program mm-hmm. in the uh, NHLPA. And I think that's a very important uh, program that they have set up for the players. Yep. And uh, Rich, me and you both talk about this all the time. Kyle does as well. These players are humans. They go to their, they go to their jobs every day, just like we do. And we forget that sometimes we get so caught up in the game. We get caught so caught up in wins and losses, just like, you know, everyone was so angry at all the stuff that happened with Evander Kane. And it's not my business. What happened behind closed doors. I'm not saying that I uh, like any of the mm-hmm. things that, that were accused of him and what happened, but did you see the story of what he did going to that toy store and 
buying toys for kids and showing up and spending time with those children and making sure kids had a Christmas with gifts. That's what matters most. And we that get caught up matters. in the other stuff. more. Yeah. And, and just, you know, since you brought it up, that's a really good point. So I think um, there's situations that happen with, with players. You, you brought up Kane. So I'll use, I'll use him as an example. There's a lot of stuff we see in the news and social media. And um, I promise you, we don't know both sides of the story. We don't even know, uh, you know, half the story, you know, uh, or three fourths of the story. I think things get blown out of proportion. I've seen people, um, I'm not taking up for Evander Kane, so don't think I am, but like there's people that just flame this guy and they're like, I hate him. I can't stand him. Blah, blah, blah. And they don't, they don't even know, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't know the story. You don't know anything about, you know, anything. And then, you know, then you see the story you brought up where he bought all the toys for the kids. Um, and then there'll be people that, well, he's just doing that for publicity, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, I don't, I, I definitely don't, media, I definitely don't, I definitely don't think that was one of those cases in this, I don't either. Instance. I think I it just happened either. to be that there was a camera crew there. Obviously, Evander Kane's one of the most popular players in for the sure. league. And I'm not defending anything he's nope. done. Like all these nope. players do wrongdoings. I yep. do wrong things every day. I myself am not a perfect person. Well, None of us are perfect, but. Pecorine, I'm not defending. I'm, I'm, except for yeah, Pecorino is probably and, and, the only person. Saros probably doesn't do anything wrong either. But yeah, but we'll, um, we'll give them, let them ride. But but my point is, <laughs> yes, and this is kind of like going to be an overall theme because we're going to talk about what social media and media <laughs> plays on the uh, fan experience for sports fans because. We, if we didn't have Twitter, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast for you right now. Nope. If we didn't have YouTube, you would have to go the next day and seek it out on a podcast platform and listen to it. We wouldn't be able to do video right now for you. So we realize how important social media it is, is, but it also has a lot of negative side effects to it. But I will say the story that I saw from Evander Kane that was shared yesterday mm-hmm. really touched me. Yeah, yeah. Especially during this holiday season, because there are a lot of people who are struggling this time of year. And, um, you know, the holiday season is one of those times where it's special for a lot of people and they got their families and it's mm-hmm. a great time of year. And I feel so great for those types for those people <laughs> who are blessed enough to have that. But there's other people out there who this is a really hard time of year for them. And we might even have some listeners watching and listening right now who mm-hmm. who are going through that. And to those people, we're there for you. DM me, DM Rich, DM yep. the show. We are here sure. for you. We are not just a hockey podcast. We want to bring people together. But when I see something like what Evander Kane did by mm-hmm. going to a local toy store and bringing people together, I don't care if it was a PR stunt because still it doesn't matter. Because those you kids were happy. those kids were happy. They got toys for Christmas. They got to see a role model. He signed some jerseys. He was there. He seemed genuinely happy about being there with those kids. And it meant a lot. It meant a lot to watch that. It touched me to watch it. And there are so many players across the league mm-hmm. who aren't as popular as Evander Kane who do that thing as well. And there's a lot of players in the Predators who do that all the time. I retweet it all the time. Whenever I see Preds players in the community, those are the things that matter the most right now. I know we're all focused on the negative right now, but um, 
there, there's something bigger when it comes to the impact of what, uh, of, yeah. of what a professional hockey team does for the community. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the Vander Kane situation's weird and like, you know, he went through whatever trouble he had and like, he, he really was gifted a second chance, to, you know, to play for the Oilers and, and he's flourished. I mean, like he's done really well. And he, it seems like to me, you know, and obviously we don't know his, what goes on in his personal life, but like, it's, it seems like he's trying to, you know, change his life a little bit and, you know, whatever. And I think that's, that's commendable, but it's very commendable. Social, social media will not accept that. You know, they, no matter, I mean, it's just not, you know, people aren't going to be negative about it, you know, and that's their right. If they want to, that's fine. There's nothing, you know, it's, it's just, um, I don't know. It's a lot of negativity sometimes to deal with. Yeah, unfortunately, you have to take the good with the bad when it comes to social media. We get, we get a lot of good from social media. We also mm-hmm. get a lot of the negative. You have to take yes, it with absolutely. it, unfortunately. All right, let's move on. This is episode 164 of Catfish on Ice. Predators lose 6-3 to three to the Edmonton Oilers. They've now lost eight in a row to the Oilers. It's just a team that we don't want any part of. But unfortunately, yeah. the Predators are going to have to play them again a week from today, again oh, yeah. at Bridgestone Arena. And uh, my own mother decided that was a good Christmas gift for me this year. So uh, It's going to be awesome, though. You're it's going to be awesome. It. We're due for a win, Rich. We're going to be there. Yeah, man. It's going to be great. It's so I'm gonna, fun. I'm going to try to bring all the good mojo for the yeah. Predators to finally beat the Oilers. Yep. I mean, it's um, going to be – it'll be. you'll have fun no matter what. Before that, the Predators got to play Winnipeg on Thursday, and then they play at Colorado on Saturday. Whoa. The schedule <laughs> is really ramped up right now. Um, if we look at the standings right now, crazy, crazy enough, the Predators are still right hanging, treading water somehow. They're literally the definition of average. They're 12 wins, 12 losses, three overtime losses – for an exact 500 record right now. So exactly um, 500. take it for what it is. Take it, take it for what it is. Um, of course they are, they have the talent on this roster to go on another hot streak and be in play for basically what these fans have already come used to, which is, Oh yeah, you're going to figure out a way to sneak into the playoffs and then you're just going to lose in the first round again. So that's kind of, where we're at with it. Yeah. And for those two tough upcoming games, I mean, you're probably not going to get anybody back either. That's the thing you might, well, get, you might get Lazan back, but that's not really going <laughs> to help you out. How, hey, you how long, mark. how long are we going to wait until we see Philip Tomasino get called back up? Cause I got to think, I got to think we're not that far away from it. If I was in charge right now, and if I was asking questions right now in the media room and I had access to David Poyle and I could ask him questions, I would ask him a very critical question of what is the long-term plan right now for Philip Tomasino when you're talking about a Nashville Predators team that is one of the worst offensive teams in the league. You just let go of Ellie Tolvanen, and now you've got Philip Tomasino, one of your top offensive prospects, if not the top offensive prospect, down in the minor leagues. What is your long-term plan? Because I got to think that you call him up very, very soon if this is the road we're going to go down. I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they really haven't yet. Um, I, I think – Well, they, he came, he came well, off that injury, so they're probably trying to get him – That's – yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying, I'm just looking and seeing, you know, they brought up Parson in, you know, and he played really well for a little while. He kind of cooled off, but he was showing some really good signs, uh, you know, the past couple games. But, man, they got to figure out something's got to happen. To the comments we're getting right now on YouTube regarding uh, the social media comments and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we are going to share those comments for you guys when we get to that segment. So, yep. um, we're gonna we're gonna keep those comments, <laughs> keep those comments coming. We're gonna put them on the screen and share them and when we get into that discussion mm-hmm. um, to the, yeah. to those of you that are sharing those good good opinions on that mm-hmm. topic. But referring to what's going on right now with the team on the ice and everything right now, I gotta think that Philip Tomasino is going to be called up in the next few weeks, and uh, because. I don't see anything on this current Predators roster that's going to fix anything unless magically uh, Matthew Shane and Philip Forsberg decide to start playing like they did last year. Yeah, you, yeah you're exactly right. If if there's going to be something that's going to fix that, it needs to come from the top six guys. You're not um, – you're not going to get it from the bottom six guys. You're not even going to get it from if they do call up Philip Thomas, you know, he's not going to fix, he's not going to fix anything that's wrong with this team. Um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but Ellie Tolvanen was not going to be the one to fix this team. If he got to play more, there's something else is wrong and it's your high I, money players aren't playing up to I, what I see. <laughs> I see what you're saying there, Rick, but I'm also of the belief that at some point you got to start calling it a systematic issue here. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Because at a certain point you have to look at it and think, is it really the players that are this bad or is it a really flawed systematic coaching philosophy? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we've already talked about this before the season started. We did a little topic just talking about what John Hines make it through the season and everyone <laughs> came after us thinking, Oh, you're so wrong for this and <laughs> talking about it, whatever. And I know all of Pred's Twitter and Facebook wants John Hines fired. I get that. But um, yeah, go do that. at some point you have to start thinking about, is this a systematic problem? Because how can you have so many talented players on paper? On paper, Forsberg, Yossi, Nina Ryder. I mean, and then you've got all these younger players who are also offensively talented. And you're not even scoring three goals per game, rarely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, it's, <coughs> and all of your money players are not. Play. So, yeah, so what you just said makes absolute sense. And it also tells us that what happened last year was uh, it was a fluke. Uh, it was a mirage. A mirage. A mirage like in the desert. Those dudes just got hot. You know, it just happened to work out for them. But it's not. And, and we thought, oh, this is awesome. It's something they can build on. But obviously they can't build on it because they haven't. And it's it's just things are just going downhill. So Tim Tim jumps in here and says, "Do you notice how deep the Fords get, and then the breakouts occur on the freaking power play?" So <coughs> that's ba- a I, huge mean, he, I mean, what he's saying there is basically that's systematic issues here, uh, f- coaching philosophies uh, is what he's referring to there, and it's not matching with the players. 
and the players will never admit it, <laughs> but I, if you hook them to a lie detector test, I would guarantee you that your players like Forsberg, Yossi, and whatnot would say, yeah, we don't like playing for this system. This is not the right system for us. They're never going to admit that. No, they're not. Because yeah, they, they have they to give you those that. responses. But yeah. I can say it from the outside looking in, and I'm going to mm-hmm. say it. Yep. This this roster <laughs> and this coaching systematic thing that's going on here, it's not matching. It's not blending together. It's not working. Um, you could have said maybe three or four weeks ago that we were jumping the gun if we were having this discussion. But That's not the case. We're too far I, in the season now. But I think when we had that conversation, <clears throat> we said if things don't turn around by the end of December, then something needs, something's going to happen, and that's that's where we're at right now. Things have not gotten better. Um, you know, Tim brought up the point about you know, and you did about the system or whatever. I think the NHL teams that play the Predators have them figured out. Um, if they're on the power play. They're going. They're not going to carry the puck into the offensive zone. They're going to shoot it in and and hope for the best and and try to you know do the the, the dump and chase, which frustrates the crap out of me. If you have possession of the puck, carry it over to the offensive zone. That's one thing. The other thing is Yossi gets set up on the point. You know he's going to shoot it. They're hoping to get a rebound or he's going to get lucky and it's going to go in. That's that's another thing. The other thing last night that I noticed. Well, they do it all the time. You've got a six on five, your your net is empty, and you do a dump and chase against one of the better teams in the league. I mean, that that makes absolute no sense. If you if if you know how good these guys are, you, you gotta carry the puck in. Don't just shoot it in there because they're gonna get it. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. That that they they people have got them figured out. They've got Duchesne figured out. You know, he tries to do those those moves, he tries to do too many moves to try to elude a defense you know someone on defense and it it just doesn't work and they figured them out i think that's what it is and this, i've got this, a couple this. things here so here here's a couple things i see that that kind of expands on what you're saying rich um first of all i feel like this team is not on the same page there's no chemistry with this team they're they they can't connect on passes their their timing is always off and then whenever they do find a little bit of rhythm offensively, and they do seem to be connected on their passes, they're taking these very layup type point shots that only the worst goaltender is going to let the puck get past them. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're just shooting and you're hoping and praying <laughs> that you get a little puck luck from the hockey gods. I feel like that's what this Preds offense has alluded to is let's, Fire away. Let's hope we get a couple of ricochets off of some sticks here, off of some skates. Let's let's <laughs> let's pray to the hockey guys that we get a bounce to go our way. Right. That's what this Preds offense has come down to. I know they've had some good power plays where they got goal lead and it just didn't work out for them. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to say it's not bad luck anymore. It's a systematic yeah. issue. Yeah, it. it uh, it's a I systematic think, issue. I think you're right. Yeah, and. You know, when they do try to, um, you know, they shoot the puck and hope for a rebound or a lucky bounce, but there's nobody in position to get the rebound to shoot it to shoot it anyway. They're all out of position or something. And Tim brought up a really good point. Um, let me find it. 
they're trying to cycle and then pass the pass misses through the crease and off the other team goes and you have Eki trying to race to catch it. Yeah. So they, they try to be cute with their passing and they they're hoping that somebody's going to be like in the slot when the, you know, when they try to pass it and it just, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. They're, they're just, they're off. They, their passes are off and they're just off as a team. Like I, they, I, I think that's what, I think that's the biggest problem right now with this team is there's just no chemistry. There's no, yeah. they're not in rhythm with each other right now. And that is so critical when it comes mm-hmm. to hockey. And um, <laughs> I don't, that comes down to coaching. I, it really does. That that's one of your that's one of the top primary things a coach has to figure out by this point in the season. You've got to have that part figured out. Because let me tell you something this this Predators team has actually been pretty fortunate when it comes to injuries. I know they lost Ryan McDonough. That's a very unfortunate that's and hard one. injury to deal with. That's their only core injury they have had to deal with all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Mark Borowiecki sucks. It sucks to lose him. He is a very vital third-pairing defenseman. But other than that, Ryan McDonough is the only major injury they have had to deal with this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything, yeah. Every other roster change <laughs> they've had this year has been internal. It's been healthy scratches. It's, it's mm-hmm. been sending players to the minor leagues voluntarily. They have not dealt with any major blows to their core. This is the team they have. And they don't have a lot of salary cap room right now, so they're kind of we're kind of stuck with what we have right now, unless they just decide to blow it up out of nowhere. Yeah, we're kind of stuck with what we have. Yeah, and even them, and even them losing um, Alexander Carrier, like he's not even playing like he did last year. You know what I mean? Like that goal he scored um, on the when the dads were there for the dads. That was cool to see. That that was cool to see. That was awesome because that was a big moment for him because he had just lost his uh didn't he hadn't he just lost his grandfather his grandfather yeah and his dad that was, was there. really yeah, that was incredible and that you know that was his first goal of the season and normally you know like he played way better last year they're just they're just off and I think you hit it exactly on on the head and and Tim actually even said it like body language is kind of saying. Something's wrong. I don't, well, let, let, let's share this comment from Mike Twitter here, and I think he's <coughs> alluding to the post-game cookie-cutter responses we get from the coaching staff. He says, quote-unquote, we did some good things out there tonight. And that's – and that's they, they, sometimes they do do good things. And the goals that they scored against Edmonton, well, except for glasses, that was a fluke. That is a good thing, but it's not consistently good. And you've got – High dollar players that are not—they're not living up to their contracts. I'm sorry. I mean, like no, uh, Philip Forsberg should be—you know—I haven't, you know, 15, 20 goals by now. Because that's what he did last season. It's a system problem for me, though. I'm sorry, it is. Yeah, like, I, uh, I, mean, I mean, because right. I because I see I, I see an organization that is asleep at the wheel right now. Like they are literally asleep. We're driving down a dark road and. Mm-hmm. Someone's asleep at the wheel. We're still kind of staying on the pavement. We haven't veered off course just yet, but we're asleep at the wheel. No one's really making clear decisions right now. And that's one of the things I said, um, uh, you know, like last week I put out there on Twitter, look, I have applied for media credentials for the Predators since I graduated from Middle Tennessee State like over 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I've never had the privilege 
to actually ask a question to anyone of high stature in the Predators locker room. But I will say that if I could be in there right now, one of the things I would ask David Poyle is, what is your long-term vision of this franchise right now? I would want to get a critical and detailed answer from him, and I would press him for that answer. And then I would also ask, um, what is going on with, like, what is your ceiling for this team? Because the, take out your 2017 magical Stanley Cup run, this franchise is historically snake-bitten in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And fans are fed up, and they have every right to be. Yeah, I didn't I didn't latch on and start watching hockey again until the the second half of 2018. So I missed the whole, all that. But since I've been watching since 2018, yeah, like it's been ugly. Yeah, there's nothing, you know, it's awesome to make the playoffs and you know, and they've had moments where it's been amazing and there's gone on nice runs and stuff, but yeah, I mean, there's really not much else you can hang your hat on at the end well, of the day. Well, we just need a vision. I, I, I think fans, yeah. I think fans, the diehard Predators fans, will stick around through a rebuild. I think what the diehard fans are sick of mm-hmm. right now is getting this runaround and getting this. Um, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about the media right now. This is has nothing to do with the media. The media does not have anything to do with the team struggles. And yeah. you know, I saw like some tweets out there saying, oh. We've reached the point where we're blaming the media for the predator struggles. First of all, I have not seen anyone serious out there or logically speaking blame the media for the predator struggles. And if anyone is out there doing that, then they are being a troll or they're just trying to be funny or they're trying to, they're, they're not being serious. Anyone serious right now is not blaming the media for why the predators are struggling Mm -hmm. the way they are. So let's get that out of the way. But I do think fans want critical questions answered. They want accountability from a team, from an organization that makes a lot of money. And guess who, guess why they make all that money? Because fans spend their hard earned dollars going to a Predators game. And it's not cheap to go to a Predators game. No, sir. I mean, I mean, it. It's not like going to a minor league baseball game back in the day when you go to a sounds game on Thirsty Thursday and beers are $2 and hot dogs are $2. Dollar, you, take the, you, take the, dog. you take the whole family out for like $50 for <laughs> free. You go watch a little base, minor league baseball. Yeah, you'll never, see, you'll never see any fans with pitchforks running out demanding accountability for their minor league baseball team. No. We are talking about National Hockey League professional, professional teams here. We are talking about one of two professional sports franchises in this great city of Nashville. There are diehard fans who want a winning team, and they spent a lot of money investing in this team. The yep. most, You know what the team owes those fans? Accountability. I've been told accountability since I was a kid. Since I was a kid, my parents raised me on self-accountability. Mm-hmm. Why is it so much to ask for a multi-million dollar franchise yep. to give a little accountability for what's yeah. happening? Yeah. I'm, I'm and, sick of hearing all these cookie-cutter responses. Yeah, and so over the summer, we 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 were we did have some accountability 
from from Poyle and Hines. You and are they right. both admitted, and they both admitted, you know, Poyle admitted I did not give him the best team, you know, whatever. And they made they made changes and it looked like we were we were shocked. Remember, we were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're we're even hearing this. But but now it's not like that again. And um to to give Poyle a, a little bit of credit, being a general manager is super duper hard. And I've always said it's like it's a crapshoot. You don't know how a player is going to work out. You you think, you know, like they got Nino Niederreiter and you're like, you're like, you know, that's amazing. He's going to be awesome. And he has played well, but it sometimes it just doesn't fit. But on the flip side of that, now we're back to kind of where we were before. There's no vision for the team. They're, they're in a spiral and, you know, things just aren't working out and the body language of the players is off and it's just uh, – yeah, we're we're kind of back to where we were after that. So, yeah, I mean, look, teams are going to lose. Like, it's not going to always be perfect. Uh, I think the thing that the biggest thing to round out this whole discussion <laughs> before we move on here, because we're get, kind of getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but it's okay because yeah. oh, it's good. the last good. it's the last episode before Christmas, so we're going to get it all out there. We're going to put it yep. all out there. Um, my last thought on this before we move on here is. Um, you know, teams are going to lose. Like, and the thing that I think fans are most upset about, and I can speak personally for me, is that this team has been stuck in this mediocrity, in this gray area of average, like no vision, don't know what we're doing here. For since I really do feel like 2017 was a mirage. Like it changed, it changed everything. If 2017 never happens, let's say 2017 never happens, the Preds never go to the Stanley Cup. I remember that feeling. I remember strangers hugging the, hugging each other on Broadway and on the streets surrounding All Broadway right. when the Preds eliminated the Ducks and they were going to the Stanley Cup. They were the first team to make the Stanley Cup. We didn't even know yet if we were going to play the Penguins or the Senators. Mm-hmm. That game happened later on. Yep. And the Penguins ended up beating the uh, Senators in overtime to be the next team. I will still – I'll take this to my grave. If the Senators go to the Stanley Cup, the Preds win the Stanley Cup. No, I'm sorry. So You're not going to argue with me on that. But um, <laughs> at, For sure. anyway, anyway. That was a magical season, and it changed everything. Yes, before that season, the Predators had some playoff teams. They had a mm-hmm. couple of teams that won in the first round. But they most fans looked at the Predators as a pretty irrelevant team. And then they, they went to the Stanley Cup. The following year, they won the President's Trophy. They yeah. lost it. They lost in seven games to the Jets in the second round, and then the bottom fell out. Fell out after that. Mm-hmm. So it's been downhill since then. So um, I think that 2017 really changed everything when it comes to the fans and what they expect. And you're talking about a team that's been around for 24 years now. You're getting to a point where you can't you can't use the expansion excuse anymore. Obviously. And you've got to start seeing some results here in the postseason. Uh, fans yeah. don't care about a regular season team. They don't care about you being – and now the Predators aren't even good regular season team. So it's even yeah. worse. Right. And I was going to use an example of um, like the Chicago Blackhawks. I know that's a poor example for Predators fans, but um, 
they're they're in the toilet right now and they know they're in the toilet but what takes the edge off of that is they've won a stanley cup in the past decade you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. once you get once you get that stanley cup i think that gives you a little bit of leeway and that's you know that's kind of what chicago fans are, are going through right now you know they 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 know you know we have one we know they need to be rebuilt whatever but the predators don't have that and they don't like that's not even on the horizon. You know what I mean? Like at this point uh, of where we're at right now with the team that well, it's Stanley also... Cup is so far off. Like like <laughs> they they have to be they 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 need to be rebuilt and they and they haven't even won anything to warrant a rebuild. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I, I just like I said, I'll go back to this real quick. I just think that the, the fans want a clear vision of what this team's doing. And they're and you know like if they're going to spend their hard-earned money, especially in this current economy right now, then they they deserve answers. They deserve they deserve to hear some mm-hmm. very accountable responses from the organization. Mm-hmm. And it, it, if it keeps going the way it is, I think we're the bottom's going to fall out. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I I think it might come sooner than than we think. And the frustrating thing is, I know we need to wrap it up, but um, on paper, you know, we said this numerous times on paper, these dudes are amazing. You know, like you would think that these guys would be just, you know, tearing up opponents left and right, but it's just not happened. And that's what that's – And it what, could change. It could, there's still it could. time left to for them to it kick could. it up a gear – and even if they do that, I'm still mm-hmm. going to harp on what yeah. are you going to prove in the in the postseason mm-hmm. because we're still going to be right back to square one if the Predators yeah. lose in the first round again. So and, I mean, and unless and unless Poyle decides to retire on his own, you're you're not going to see any change until the new ownership moves in in what is it two to three years? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we might we might be looking at that <laughs> unless we might. Uh, because I don't think the current owners are going to do anything. It doesn't seem like they will anyway. Nobody even All knows right. who half of them are. So. That was a pretty <laughs> large opening face-off of Catfish on Ice. We're an hour in. There you go. We are going to, we're giving you a, a really big episode here of, of Catfish on Ice because this is our last episode for Christmas. We hope that... If you're already off work for the holidays, we hope you're spending a good time with your family, celebrating the holidays, being with all your friends and family. It's a great time of year. And even though the Predators are just driving us crazy, it's okay because we're all here together. And let me tell you about DraftKings right now. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any – NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Basically, all you got to do is before all the games start during the day, scan through the games, go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up using promo code THPN, pick which game you want to bet on, pick the team you want to win. It can be a team that's a heavy favorite. It doesn't matter. Pick that team on the pregame money line with our promo code THPN. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below the episode for details. If you need gambling help, if you have a gambling problem, there are phone numbers you can call for assistance on that. All right, let's move on here. Episode 164, Catfish on Ice. We haven't done this in a while, Rich. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. We're going to refresh it. Me and Rich are going to do our top five current rivals of the Predators. This is a very ever-changing topic (laughs) here. I think it's not historic. It's currently right now. For our, for our viewers on YouTube, we got some good commenters commenting right now. Tim, Mike Twitter, Max, anyone else who's watching and listening, Justin. tweet the show. Give us right now your top five current rivals of the Predators. We'll share it on the screen. Me and Rich are about to do ours. Rich, how about you have the floor here, sir? And give us your top five current rivals of the National Predators. Start with well, number five and work your way down to number one. They all just kind of beat up on the Preds the majority of the times lately. But um, five is actually pretty tough because, I mean, there's always going to be like Dallas. You know, that's Mm -hmm. always usually going to be a good game, even though Dallas is like, you know, playing really awesome this season. Um, I'd say I'd say they're probably one Minnesota. Whenever they play Minnesota. You got Minnesota in your top five rivals right now. There's there's usually a lot of – a lot of fights and stuff. That's actually one of the few coach. teams the Predators kind of own recently. They do. They do. But, you know, whenever they play, there's usually some some good fights or whatever. Um, I would say St. Louis still, you know, oh, even though, sure, yeah. you know, there, there's always that. Um, so that's three. Um, Chicago, maybe. Uh, not really current. I don't know. It's always, a, you know what I mean? Like, everybody, Preds fans just, just can't stay in uh chicago at all um gosh man it's it's tough i mean it's it's tough to come up with it's hard to pick rivals right now man it is it is because they're just not relevant they're not yeah so like you could say you know those not really tampa bay i don't know i'm telling you man the the old days those preds ducks rivalries were right so bitter man I yeah. mean, the Ryan Johansson, Ryan Kessler days, those mm-hmm. two in the face-off circle, I thought mm-hmm. they were literally – Ryan Johansson is not the type to drop the gloves and fight. No. Those face-off circles with Ryan mm-hmm. Kessler and Ryan Johansson, uh, that was one of the reasons why when the Predators eliminated the Ducks to go to the Cup Final in 2017, mm-hmm. that was such sweet music. Uh, Tim's jumping in here and brings up Detroit. Yep. You know, if you're a di- if you're an old school diehard Preds fan, you've been following this team from the early days. The Detroit Red Wings are always going to be a top rivalry. If you're a newer mm-hmm. fan of the team, then you probably you don't really remember. understand the Red Wings rivalry. But you know, our old co-host Colin, uh, who was our co-host in the early days of the show, he used to talk about how when this team first came <coughs> here, when this team first came here, uh, and you didn't have a lot of hockey fans down here, the Nissan plant down here brought a lot of Detroit Detroit transplants. So Mm -hmm. I remember going to a Red Wings game, Red Wings Preds game when I was younger. This would have been like early 2000s, and it was all Red Wings fans. 
That's it was funny. all Red Wings fans. So it's always going to be a rivalry. Let me do my top five real quick. Yep. Um, I don't five even think I gave five. <laughs> I think you did. Uh, have, five to one. <laughs> five for me. Per, this is just me personally. I'm not saying people have to agree with me or this is like the hands down list you have to have. This is just my personal list. Right. Number five for me is, is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. They actually used to be a lot higher. They used to be like number two or number one. But they're, they're every time the Predators play the Red Wing or play the Penguins, I'm just like, it means a little extra to me to beat them. It just does. Like, I, it doesn't even have to mean a lot the standings. I'm just like, can we please beat the Penguins? I'll never get over the 2017 Stanley Cup final. That series had two really bad calls in it that will ever be etched in my brain. The PK Subban. Uh, oh, notorious yeah. offsides call mm-hmm. uh, that was not offsides. And if anything, it would it should have been a no call. But Subban scores the first goal of game one in that series. I remember exactly where I was. I was at a watch party at a friend's house. We were cooking out. We were barbecuing. I was surrounded by a lot of people who honestly didn't care about hockey that much. But <laughs> we, were ha- we were having a cookout. We had the game on. And I remember jumping out of the seat through the ceiling when Subban scored that goal, thinking we got the first goal in the Stanley Cup final where the underdogs, and then they caught it back for offside. And then, of course, the Sissons scored. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Sissons scored. Um, That was in game six. That was Mm -hmm. in game six to push a game seven. Later in that game, inside of 60 seconds left in regulation, the predator or the penguins score on a very fluke goal on Pecorine. The puck bounces off the backboards, ricochets out in front of the net, and Patrick Hornfist pushes one past Rene. Penguins win one nothing, and they get to celebrate a Cup final on the Bridgestone Arena ice. It was it was just so heartbreaking. Yeah, that's ugly. So for that reason, the Penguins are still number five on. Yeah, I should have included them. Just because of I put out a really good case, didn't I? You did. You sure did. Like just I remember like Malkin hitting Borvieski in the face and Sidney Crosby gets away with murder anytime he plays anybody. Just yeah, that's a good one, actually. Yep. I'll amend my, uh I'll amend Tim my Tim says list. that was awesome. We were there. Some fan took one of his boots off and threw it on the <laughs> ice. <laughs> that's awesome. And, of course, that was the birth of uh, Catfish Jake as well. He snuck the catfish into the Penguins oh, yeah. arena. Well, yeah. and we, ha- we had Catfish Jake on the show way back when, and he told us yeah. that whole story. All right. Yeah. Number four on my top five current rivals for the Predators is the Colorado Avalanche. Do you agree with that, Rich? Are you, are you good with that? I'm good with that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, they didn't have very much – success against them but um yeah there was some it's always a good game when those dudes played last season for sure you know lots of I fights just, you're talking about a team that handed the uh the predators their first ever sweep in the playoffs i mean yeah it's kind yeah. of hard for me to let that go it is to be fair they did that to everybody but yeah i agree that's that is tough. So I got it on the screen there. Current Preds rivals. I got five penguins, four avalanche. Number three for me is going to be the St. Louis Blues. Three? I ought to put them higher than that, but yeah, I agree. 
I feel like right now the Blues and the Predators are kind of attached at the hip. Uh, the only thing that separates the Blues and the Predators, and it's a pretty big thing that separates the two, is the Stanley Cup. If the Blues didn't win that Stanley Cup in 2019, you would have the exact same franchises. In terms of not performing in the playoffs, not having a Stanley Cup, yeah, being very close geographically speaking, having two very blue-collar fan bases that just want to see their teams win, and everything changed because the Blues won, finally got their Stanley Cup. But, yeah, but it, but it took those dudes 50 years. Yeah, it took them a lot longer than – and the Preds still have a little extra time to mm-hmm. not let that happen to them. But at this rate – Hey, Nikki jumped in when you say hi to Nikki. What's up, Nikki? Oh, no, that's not Nikki. That's Mike Twitter telling Nikki hi. Wow. <laughs> I'm it's late okay. to the party, but howdy. Yep. We got Talk some party hello, people. We got some party people showing up here oh, man. tonight, but we still love y'all and we appreciate you being here. Nikki says probably Dallas. That's funny. I'm about to shock some people. I'm going to go 2 1 real quick and I'm going to put it on the bottom of the screen here. My number two is the Blackhawks. It's, I had the Blackhawks as my number one for so long. Yeah. But the Blackhawks, they, they've they been bumped down a peg for me on the top rivals because they're just so bad now that I can't hate them anymore. <laughs> I mean, they are – they are pretty bad. If they were a better, if they were a more dangerous team and a better team, it would be easy to put them at number one. But I got to bump mm-hmm. them back to number two. Yeah, I think they're going to be even worse. My after new, the my new, line. my new number one top rival of the Predators is the Dallas Stars. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, true. we're talking about the. I think the Dallas Stars stole the soul of the National Predators in 2019. <laughs> I'll never forget that first round playoff series. I agree. The Predators were up 2 1 in that series. They were the favorites. They were um they were coming off a president's trophy season. They still had their core intact. Victor Arvidsson was still on that team. Uh uh, you had your Joe for line. Pecorine was still on that team. Yeah, a lot of people thought that the Predators had a decent chance to at least go to the Western Conference Final that year. Um, that that was the beginning of the end of where, where we find ourselves right now. That was the fork in the road, was that 2019 first-round loss to the Dallas Stars. And so uh, when I and when, whenever the Predators play the Stars, I see a team that I wish the Predators would become. It's it, it's more out of jealousy for me because <laughs> well, it's it's true, yeah. I look at the way the Dallas Stars are built, <laughs> and I'm like, they play the same type of style and identity mm-hmm. that we want the Predators to play with. They hit mm-hmm. hard. They've developed talent. Hello, Jason Robertson. Hello, Hello Miro Haskinen. Rupe Hints. Rupe Hints. I mean, they've got some other good young prospects coming up that mm-hmm. I have the Dallas stars as the number one current rival out of respect. Yeah. Because yeah, I wish sure. the predators could follow that blueprint. And, and, you know, you bringing up them losing in 2019, that, that brings up a good point because that mm-hmm. loss in 2019 mm-hmm. is what should have signaled change. 
That should have been the time when they when they started making changes, but they didn't because they were holding on to that 2017 team. There's like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And now here we are, you know, uh, four years later, and and nothing's changed. In fact, yeah, it's, I mean, it may have gotten worse. I think they've gotten worse. That's what. <laughs> that's, that's the bad part about it is I think they've gotten worse. So, yes. So mm-hmm. that is where we're at with it right now. That's our top five current rivals. I got the Dallas <laughs> Stars as the new top rival here. Uh, do we have some new comments here chiming this in? One's, this one's actually pretty funny. Nikki says the Yossi Sagan hottest guy in the NHL competition alone is top tier. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you that. Thank you, Nikki. That's Roman Yossi is a beautiful man. I will he say he is a beautiful man. You know, you can't even like uh, Justin no. Gambino jumps in and <laughs> says, "I was too drunk during the Winter Classic." Laugh out loud. Okay, that was a rough man. day. That was a rough day. I actually bought winter classic jersey for myself just for that occasion and was disappointed. Tim says, agree. Remember when the ownership called the stars players out? I actually, do you remember that? I don't know. I don't remember that. I don't even know who any of the owners are. (laughs) I know there's, there's that one guy who's kind of like outspoken, but. So I went to the, so my buddy uh, Clayton, who's my best friend, who's the stars fan. He came down here to see me we went to the lightning stars game a few weeks ago and we ran into some stars fans and some pretty high-end stars fans like they were well connected they knew some people in the organization it's awesome and um they were closet preds fans like they liked they were like oh we appreciate the preds we like how they play we appreciate their style um we respect them yada 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 so it was kind of a good conversation but, um, yeah, I'll, most of the Stars fans I run into, and I've ran into a lot of them, they don't really hate the Predators. But, like, for me, I, I look at it differently. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to say that from a Stars fan perspective because life's good for them right now. Yeah. Well, it's – I mean, you don't hate – I don't really hate no. the Stars. I like I like a lot of their players. There's some players on there I don't like. I will tell you that. Yeah. And Jamie I really – Jamie Benz, that's the number one. And I really do love their green home jerseys. I think they're amazing looking. But, yeah, like, you, how could you not like Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger and all those players you mentioned, Rupe Hintz? I mean, you know, they're great players. I, I don't hate them as bad as I used to. Once they got rid of Corey Perry, and then if they could get rid of Jamie Benn, I would be probably a little bit better with it. Well, so. he doesn't have much left in him, so. I wouldn't think um. so. Let's move on here. Episode 164, <clears throat> Catfish on Ice. Thanks, everybody, for commenting. We have some oh, awesome yeah, sure. listeners who are giving us so many good comments tonight. Keep them coming. Let's get in the Christmas spirit here or the holiday spirit, whatever you celebrate this time of year. Um, let's think about some gifts that we want for 2023 as Preds fans. We're going to take <laughs> out a Stanley Cup because that's obvious, and it's probably not going to happen. So other than a Stanley Cup, what gifts do we want? Are you gonna as Preds fans? Oh, this should gonna, be fun. This should be gonna, so <laughs> this should be so fun. I open Pandora's <laughs> box here to everyone who's listening. If you, if you take out a Stanley Cup, are you also gonna take out a new coach and a All new right, general so, manager? So Mike, Mike, Mike Twitter puts we want the cup. Okay, Mike Twitter, that doesn't count. Yep. That's Justin obvious. Every, everybody wants a cup. Justin Gambino, new GM. All right. Then says Barry Trotz. <laughs> All right. So, so. 
Ooh, Nick, <laughs> Nikki says, I want James Neal back for one year. Why not? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what's it going to matter? What's it going to hurt? All right. Uh, I guess one of, the, one of the presents I would like is um, regardless of the coaching situation and regardless of the general manager situation, I would like to see these dudes just like come together and rally around each other and just start playing up to their potential. Um, that's fair. I think that's the, that would be the best present that those guys could give us as fans right now. Just see those guys take over and that would be, you know, that would be uh, amazing. That would be a perfect gift. That's a good one, Rich. So Tim says, what about the dude who lives in your basement? <laughs> Suit him up. So yeah, interestingly, yeah. Interestingly, interestingly enough, Tim, he says, what about the dude who lives in your basement? Suit him up. Remember when Lucas Spiza lived in my basement, Rich? Lucas Spiza. So maybe wow. you just need – yeah, there you go. My, <laughs> my Twitter remembers. Something like that. Lucas. So, so do we need to suit up Lucas Fiza, Rich? Is that really what it's come down to? What's he, he doing these days? What's he he's doing? A, he's, he's a coach a, now, right? He's a uh, one coach of something for San Jose. You know what's funny? So I play NHL 23, and I play, do the franchise mode with the Predators. And um, somehow I ended up with Lucas Fiza on the Admirals. Because wow. you can play with both teams. You can play with, like, if yeah. you're playing with the Predators, you yep. can play with the minor league team. Yep. And so you have to manage both teams. And I guess I, I was only playing NHL games. And I kept, I wasn't really focusing on what was going on with the minor league team, mm-hmm. which was, just goes to show you how crappy I would be as a real life GM, I guess. But um, Lucas Spiza ended up somehow on my Milwaukee Admirals team in NHL 23. So. Amen. That's amazing. Kind of funny. He's actually pretty good. He's actually not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, so maybe that's maybe that's what it's come down to. We have to bring Lucas Fiza back. I don't know. Hey, whatever. Right. Anything that'll help. Let me uh <laughs> here's my first gift I want for 2023. This is for all of next year, so we can get it next season. Okay. I'll I'll wait. It, it spans for all of next year. I'll wait for this gift till next year. Can can this team finally show us with proof? That they are developing a young dynamic forward. That could be Phil, that could be Philip Tomasino. That could be Igor Afanasyev. That could be Cody Glass. That could be. Those are probably my top three that are NHL ready in twenty twenty three. Yeah, Tomasino, Afanasyev, Cody Glass. Please, for the love of me, develop one of those three. Into a quality, quality, because after seeing what's happened with Ellie Tolvanen, I just believe more and more that this franchise is so snake bitten when it comes to developing talent. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Fords, they're good at developing defensive talent. They've got some good defensive prospects right now who are going to be playing in the 2023 World Juniors coming up here in a couple Mm -hmm. weeks. But for some reason, they cannot develop Ford talent. So that's my first gift I want in 2023. I need yeah. concrete proof that you're developing something special at the forward position. Yeah. So it you, might be Cody Glass. It might be Cody Glass. You um you saying that just made me think of a good present that we could all get. And that would be don't ruin uh you so parson. 
<laughs> for the love that's of another all one. That's number four. So I, I just named please three. Don't, and I didn't, don't I didn't, ruin him. <laughs> I didn't even bring up Yusuf Parsons. So that's number four. So you've got four candidates there. You've got four candidates. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I didn't even bring up the most obvious one. So yeah, thank you, Rich, for like swooping in there. He's 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 doing pretty good. You know, don't please don't do whatever you do to ruin. He, even players. even through the losses, Parsons is looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he tried to do a he tried to do a lacrosse goal the other night and almost. Got and then it. a couple yeah. other gifts I would like to have. Obviously, win a playoff series. It could still happen, mm-hmm. but win yeah. a playoff series. I know that's so that's setting the bar so low for this fan base, probably. But at this point, I would take winning a playoff series and moving on from there. I would. Um, so yeah, I'll yeah. take that as a gift in 2023. That would, <laughs> that would give me some hope. That would give me some a reason to think that this team's actually building something positive because mm-hmm. I need results. You know, in most careers, in most jobs, in our lives, you have to produce results, right? To move up in the company, to to get a better job, to get a promotion, to get a raise. You got to produce results. Well, if you're looking at it from that perspective, the Predators definitely don't deserve a promotion. If anything, they deserve a demotion. Because since 2019, they have been going back. Preach. Yep. So you got to win a first-round playoff series. I know that's not good enough for a lot of people. They want a Stanley Cup. I get that. But for me, this season was supposed to be a stepping stone. It was supposed to be our, show us something here. Show that you're actually moving towards a Stanley Cup. You're not going to do it all in one season. Mm-hmm. But show us that you're making progress. Show us that you're making progress. Winning a playoff series would show me that you're making progress at least. So that's yeah. another one yeah. I had build off of last year but they're not doing that so i guess i have a i have a I, uh um greedy uh present that i would like to have i want to get my pecorino jersey signed how do i go about doing that <laughs> oh that's a really good one man um, I, I i've got the first jersey i ever bought was a home pecorino man and I, ever since then, right i've now. been like I've maybe been like, maybe sir pecorino is bored tonight and he stumbles upon our youtube oh, channel please I'll ship it to wherever they want, and it, and if if I was lucky enough to get it signed, it would be framed and hanging right there. I've so. always said that if Pecorine came on our podcast somehow, that me and you would just be speechless. We wouldn't even say anything. We'd be like um, that one Saturday Night Live skit where he's going, "Remember when you were in the Beatles?" <laughs> you know, or, or either yeah. that, or I think about uh, Wayne's World. We're not worthy. Yeah, yeah. We would both we'd, just we'd be, be like. like we're not. We're- yeah, exactly. Remember when you made a goalie goal? That was yeah, awesome. It would be that the worst awesome. interview. It would be the worst interview ever on on uh, yeah. on a podcast because we wouldn't know what to say. We'd be fumbling over our words. Man, I but that's a good one though. So much. That is a good one. All right, my last one here for Preds gifts. I would like for 2023, and I've already kind of mentioned this today. Give the fans a long term vision. There you go. I don't care if it's a rebuild. I don't care if that means we're going to suck for five years. Let me take that pill and swallow it. But I need to know what's going on here. Because I, for the past five years, this team, since the Stanley Cup, definitely. But I would say definitely over the last three years, this team is in an identity crisis. And I, I know we hate that word, but yeah. it really is. They They – the, the irony of this whole thing is they preach identity all the time, 
but this team doesn't have an identity. They don't. That's the funny part. They don't have one. Like they're they an identity crisis. They did, but they do not. They don't anymore. know what they are. They don't know if they're a rebuilding team. They don't know if they're a competitive rebuild. They don't know if they're a Stanley Cup team. They want to go all in for all these players of the offseason. And it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah. so I need a clear vision one way or the other. I will. I love hockey, and I love the Predators. And if they're going to suck for five years, as long as I see a vision, mm-hmm. you can live with it. I will live with it, and I mm-hmm. will go through the. I'm a Vanderbilt football fan for crying out loud, mm-hmm. and, and and Tim's a Kentucky football fan, so he knows how it feels. I, you don't have to ever accuse me of being a fair weather fan of anything. I cheer for Vanderbilt sports for crying out loud. Anyone yep. who listens, who's a fan of the Vols. They also know what it feels like to cheer for a team that sucks for two Yeah, years. for sure. So don't yep. accuse me of being a Fairweather fan. I will stick with this team. I get sick of not knowing what the vision is. That's yep. all I'm at. So I, that's, sure. that's, that's the present I want. Yep, yep. So me, you know, I'm a, I'm a Boston Bruins fan as well. That's my second favorite team. But I will never, ever not like the Predators. I mean, they, they will always yeah. be number one, like no matter what, like – we went to we went to the uh, last season went to the Boston Predators game at Bridgetown, and you know I was like, please let them beat Boston. That's all I want to see is them to beat Boston. And, even though you know, you're a Boston did, fan, you cheer. Even though I'm a Boston fan, team. I wanted them to beat Boston in Bridgetown. So you know that's what I wanted. Check us out. Tim said, if they win the cup this year, I'll send you my signed packages. Oh, go Preds! <laughs> I think Tim. That's a very, very generous offer, but I think you're safe. Yeah, you're safe. <laughs> but it's still a very generous offer, and that's nice of him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, All right. Let's move on here. Episode 164 of Catfish on Ice here, presented by DraftKings, promo code THBM. we got so many good comments coming in here. Absolutely. Let's move on here to um, a little bit more of a serious topic, but um, we need to address it. What What – what role does the media play in the fan experience? And I'll just say like Lindsay Rowley, who covers the predators for Preds on Valley. She is so great at her job. She is one of my favorite uh, media analysts that covers the national predators. She is so awesome at everything she does. And I honestly think the whole thing was a little overblown to be quite honest. And I think that, when you're interacting on Twitter, that things get misconstrued, <laughs> things get get uh, misinterpreted, and mm-hmm. you got to understand that me coming from a media background myself, I've never covered uh, the Predators in that realm like they do, but I will say that, as you were saying earlier, Rich, social media has changed everything. Okay. And, you know, she, I don't think she meant it the way she did, and she put out a really, really heartfelt and high character apology today. And I don't think she necessarily owed anyone an apology. Um, yeah. But fans are like fired up and fans do spend their hard earned money. So I think both sides had a reason to be a little upset over it. I do appreciate her putting out an apology for it. Um, I think we just need to move on from it and learn from it. I think we could all be a little bit more respectful in how we talk to each other on on twitter and on facebook and through text messages and all that stuff uh because in in the end we're talking about hockey here people this is supposed to be fun absolutely it's supposed to be like 
Like we can get angry and we can argue about it. We can debate about it, but like, I, I don't appreciate condescending remarks from, um, from people from high up uh, towards fans who are spending their hard-earned money. I don't appreciate that. I don't think Lindsay meant it that way. I think it just got read that way. And that's why I do appreciate her putting out the, uh, that apology. I don't think she meant it that way. But I do think that when it comes to the way sports media covers a team, they do play a role in asking I'll go back to it, asking critical questions of the team. And if you look at different markets like Boston, New York, Boston and New York are the two big ones. Philly, Philly's a big one. Those markets, they ask really critical questions of their teams, whether it's hockey, baseball, football. They don't pull any punches. They Mm -hmm. want answers from their teams. We don't really see that in the Nashville market like we should probably. So I think that's what makes fans mad. Uh, Nikki jumps in here with a good comment. Lindsay mm-hmm. is good people. Preds Twitter got spicy after Colby. <laughs> Everyone was hurt, and it got out of control in some places on Twitter unilaterally. I totally agree with Nikki on that comment yeah, there. Lindsay, I don't think Lindsay meant, meant anything condescending towards fans. I think it was just a comment that was misconstrued, and fans were already upset. And again, I just think it's really hard to communicate on Twitter. Yeah, and, well, and also, people I, – I saw somebody say, like, the media needs to be held accountable and stuff. She asked an assistant coach a question in between periods, or it might have been – what was it? She It was Dan Hino, right? Yes. Yeah. It yeah. Was. was it was it between periods or was the uh, game going on? I think it was between periods. Okay. Either She's way. Not, she is not going to go on television and go – Hey, Dan Hino, why did you all get rid of Ellie Tolvanen? Yeah. You know, she's she's coming up with a topic. She's got a, like, she's got a job to do. She's got a job to do. And she's not she's not going to ask a controversial question of an assistant coach in the middle of a game. It nor should she. It's just that, you know, she had a topic and and everybody's, you know, ticked off. It was Ellie the it will, and and you know I agree. And, but I don't think then, pe- People yeah. should not have gotten so ticked off about it, but I also yeah. think that what really made the firestorm was her response tweet saying, that, like, y'all crack me up with these responses. Yeah, these coaches right. know more about hockey than you'll ever know right. or forget about. And she yeah. probably should have, like, put the phone down <laughs> and not responded. But guess what? She's human. I've responded to tweets before that mm-hmm. I probably should not have responded no, to. And I'm not anywhere near yeah. on her stature of level. Right. And so I can only imagine all the BS that she gets at her <laughs> mentions. So I can I can, can't imagine that. I can't put myself in that box because yeah. I don't know how it feels. But I know that I've sent tweets out there before yeah. where I read them and I thought, you know what? I really wish I hadn't have said that. Yeah. It's a really I, horrible way to communicate with people. Yeah, I've actually I've actually started like three or four since the whole Ellie Tobin thing hit and have deleted them. Um, I was just like, I don't even want to say anything. So Tim, Tim um, says maybe she didn't mean it, but a lot <laughs> of the Preds media tend to be a little down on the fans. And I, and that's kind of our discussion here. And I'm glad Tim brings that up. So mm-hmm. when it comes to what does the media play in this whole thing? <laughs> and I do think that sometimes the media does come off condescending and they do come off a little bit like, hey, you're just fans. We know more than you. Uh, 
you know, and I do think that happens sometimes. And I think that's where the media can be better. And I think it's a, it's a matter of both sides could be better because there's a lot of fans out there who have no business commenting on anything. They're keyboard warriors. All they do is start drama. They're hiding behind their keyboard Mm -hmm. and they're just trying to be nasty people online. But I also think to the same degree, to Tim's point, I think that there's also sometimes media could be a little bit more, um, be a little bit more opening to fans and listen to what they have to say as well. Yeah. And it's, and it's not even just the media. It's, it's, um, there's certain, um, how do you put it? I don't want to say blogs, writers. I mean, it's, or, it's, I write for Predline. So, I mean, we're a blog. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's everybody, you know what I mean? Like uh, there's, there's, there's some out there that are very condescending as well. It's not just like TV media or reporters like Willie Donick or whoever else. It's, it's a lot of people, but you know, at the end of the day, like you said, it's a, it's a daggone hockey game. Like, (laughs) you know, we want our team to do well, but gosh, man, people get so uptight about it. Like, it's it's insane. It's insane. Like yep. I don't know. You, you, I, just think, I, I think we can all be more respectful to each other for sure, and um, and we just want to see a winning hockey team for sure. But um, I think we could all be a little bit better in that department, myself yeah. included. Myself oh, included yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, let's move on. Here. <laughs> Episode one sixty four of Catfish and Ice. We have a couple more things to get into here. World Junior coming up. World Junior's coming up here again, Rich. Like, it came up quick on us because they had two in, like, one year, basically. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. they had to make up for uh, the the COVID situation last year. But this one's going to be pretty interesting. We have some pretty high-profile players. Of course, Shane Wright was the number one pick. He yep. went to the Seattle Kraken. He is going to be loaned by the Seattle Kraken to play oh, wow. for Team Canada. That's a pretty big deal because – for for a team to lend, lend a player like that out, who's he's doing some pretty good things for them this year. Yeah, as a rookie, they're lending him to to play for Team Canada, and then of course uh, Connor Bedard, who's projected overall to be the number one pick. Have you watched some of his highlight reel tape, Rich? Of Connor, I had Bedard? did a while back, but I haven't. This lately. dude is yeah, he's um, supposed to be the real deal. He's the real deal. This dude's gonna be. I could I see Connor McDavid, dare I say, traits in this kid. Like wow. so he's going to be on display at this World Junior Classic here in 2023. And uh Bedard already has 64 points in 28 games this year in the CHL, Rich. Gosh, man. Seems kind of good. That's pretty uh, good. <laughs> When it comes to the Predators, uh, we've got uh, Jack Mateer. We know about Jack Mateer. Yeah. Defenseman Jack Materi had a really good development camp for the Predators this year. Mm-hmm. He is going to be representing the Predators for Team Canada, so we'll be all eyes will be on how he performs. He's been doing really well, really, really well. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, uh, Ryan Ufko is also going to be representing the Preds. Yep. He is possibly – he is at selection camp right now for Team USA. So oh, they had the, – uh, Team USA has not set their roster yet for the World Juniors. Uh, they are doing a selection camp right now. Ryan Ufko is one of the players at that selection camp trying to make the Team USA roster. And then, of course, we know uh, Kamel. Who? Kimmel. 
We know Kimmel. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. There you go. <laughs> Joaquin Kimmel I is think awesome. The first second. I was like, what? The All number right, one, the the first overall pick yeah. from the Predators, a first round pick. He is going to be playing for Team Finland, which is always a really stacked team in the World oh, Juniors. Yeah. Uh, team USA is in a group with Finland, Latvia, Switzerland, and Slovakia. That sounds like a pretty tough group, Rich. It sure does. Yeah, for sure. Is there? I need to figure out how I can watch this. Do you know how? I, can, I, I never it's have. Gonna really be on, it it's going to be on NHL Network. Is where they show that, most of the games. That, that's awesome because you know what? I just actually found out that I have NHL Network now. There you go. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. And I think I'm going to watch some of it. It's, I love watching the World Junior. I never had it before. So. It, it's so, it's really, it's different type of hockey though, man. Like yeah. it's more open. It's more open ice. Yeah. Uh, a lot more scoring chances. Uh, and you're basically watching the future of the NHL. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. You're watching gonna, the future of the NHL. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, it, it's got an Olympics feel to it, obviously. With it's, you know, mm-hmm. we're watching the World Cup right now in soccer. Uh, it's kind of it has that feel to it. You have group play. You, you advance out of the group stage. It's the same idea as the World Cup right now. If you're watching soccer, so Very for cool. anyone who hasn't watched the World Juniors, you need to go ahead and do it if you're a hockey fan because it's a lot of fun. It's great hockey. Uh, Team USA opens up the World Juniors on December 26th against Latvia. So, well, there you go. All right, let's get awesome. let's get episode one sixty four wrapped up. We're coming up on two hours here pretty soon, Rich. But it's awesome. our last episode before Christmas, so um, we had to make sure we got you guys a really awesome sure. episode tonight. Yeah, and it has been. Uh, good, Nick, good Nikki, Nick, Nikki says in Canada they throw the juniors on cable TV. Oh man, she says everyone watches. I, I, I always want, like, one day I'm going to go to Canada, but I always just imagine, like, Canada is, like, everything is hockey, and it's just amazing. So I saw that um, – I read this quote here um, talking about the World Juniors, and they said that the response from hockey fans to the World Juniors returning to the Maritimes has been tremendous, and we are excited to the teams – competing in this year's tournament to experience playing in front of full venues in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick is what hockey Canada said in a statement to global news on Tuesday. So they're expecting full packed arenas cool. for this year's. Cause I think the last couple of years, especially with all the COVID stuff going on, the COVID mm-hmm. restrictions, uh, the attendance has been pretty low but yeah. they're expecting very packed houses. They said that if you want to go to a C- Team Canada play this year and you haven't gotten a ticket yet, you're, you're out not. of luck. You're out of luck. You're not going. That's fine. So, so sorry. Said, Nikki said it really is. That's how it is in Canada. Oh, my gosh. So, Rich, I'm so sorry if you were planning on going because you're out of luck. Yeah, probably not. I'd rather <laughs> just watch it on TV at home. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, by the way, um, our, our – Awesome friend Chris Mason, who covers the team, former National Predators goalie, covers the team for Bally Sports. Did you see the picture he shared uh, landing in Winnipeg? I did. They were scraping snow off Dude, the runway. It looks like they just landed in Siberia, man. Like uh, <coughs> that uh, one uh, <coughs> lady who works for the Predators, Emma, she put a picture yeah, of. Yeah, she said last week, I guess when they were in Tampa, 
it was like sunny and nice. Yeah, and I know all about Picture that. of Winnipeg. <laughs> with the, it was with the, uh, <laughs> so rich. It was, it was it was 71 degrees today in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, where I live, and I saw people walking around in hoodies. Oh yeah, heck yeah. it was pretty funny. Well, it's cold. Hey, when it gets down in the 60s, Floridians get cold. Okay, yeah, that's Nikki how we said, get down here. Nikki said that's where her mom's from. Coldest place in Canada. It looked like it. For sure. It definitely looks like it. I I uh I told I responded to uh, C Mace and told him that I'm getting serious Rocky Four vibes. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and then I think that the team needs to go all Rocky Balboa and go out in the wilderness somewhere and start chopping down trees. Do some training out in the woods. I did like seeing him um, between the the two benches during the broadcast. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Oh, we got we got uh, UC Sorrows in here. He says, oh, "What's yeah. up, guys? What's up? It's popping in late, but we love our we love UC Sorrows here. He always puts up the best stuff name out. on Twitter right now. It is. Um, he's also in our fantasy hockey league too. Um, yep. So this week, actually, I think let's get into our quick hitter segment here. First hit quick hitter here is Alex Ovechkin hits 800 goals, Rich. He does it in hat trick form. He's getting ready to overtake my good old Uncle Gordy. Yeah. <clears throat> going to overtake him. It's amazing. I mean, it's like, it's history. I mean, like, I know people are excited and talking about it, but like, it's huge. I don't think it's going to happen ever again. Like, I don't see how anybody will ever beat that record. Again. I feel like it should be being talked about more than it is right now. Oh, I mean, we're, we're literally witnessing history right now. Um, a generational hockey player here. And yeah. uh, I mean, he's going to pass Gordy Howe, obviously. And yeah. then he's eventually going to pass Gretzky as long as he wants to play. The only way he's not going to pass Gretzky is if for some reason he decides, oh, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. I just don't see that happening. <laughs> Even if he, he has to linger on, all he has to do is play two more years after this season's complete. So let's yeah. let's just think about it. If he he's he's less than a hundred goals short of it now. He's ninety four goals short of tying Gretzky. Yeah. So he's got to average forty five, forty six goals, mm-hmm. not counting this season to play two more seasons. So he's really only got to average like maybe 20, 30 goals per season for two more years, if, yeah. if, if your math is right. Um, God forbid, as long as he doesn't have some type of catastrophic injury, he's going to pass the great one in goals. Yeah, yeah. and that I, I would have never thought that that could have been done, but, you know, here, here you go. We're in the midst of history right now. Um, there was something – I saw a picture he gave uh, – he gave a kid a stick after the game and everybody was saying that that wasn't the stick that scored the 800th goal or whatever. But like there's people on there saying that stick, if it is going to be worth like a lot of money. Oh, I'm sure. That's like history. I saw, and I I saw a really cool tweet here from uh, Dave Stubbs on Twitter. He says, my favorite thing about capital superstar Alex Ovechkin now at 800 goals is that he celebrates every single one with pure joy as though it, it's his first. So here's number one at home versus the Blue Jackets on October 5th, 2005, and number 800 last night at Blackhawks. And I've seen that the clip where he scored his first goal, 
I've seen that clip so many times, and it's mm-hmm. pretty notorious, and it's pretty cool. Go look it up, Rich, if you haven't seen it before. Um, it's pretty cool, the joy he had when he scored his first NHL goal, right. and he does. That, that tweet's absolutely correct. He still celebrates every goal like like it's his first goal. Absolutely. Um, did you see that picture that Chris Mason put out? It's all – 165 yeah, goaltenders. And he was are, one of them in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was on there. Soros. I mean, he said like he said like three rows around. down, fifth from the left or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, it's okay. It's C-Mace. pretty cool. You're one yeah. of many. It's actually a badge of honor, probably, mm-hmm. to be scored on by him. Yeah. But pretty cool stuff there. Um, I'm hoping he does it. I mean, I re- I love the great one. I love Wayne Gretzky, but. Um, that actually gets into um, a little side topic here. Our top three favorite players that aren't Pretz players right now. Oh, that is a good topic. Um, Rich, who are your top three? Well, I'll, I will give you one. Uh, that would be David Posternock. They have to be current players. All right, David Posternock. <laughs> David Posternock. Um, man, I, I love that that dude. Just he—he's an amazing player to watch too. Um, Gosh, uh, let's see him. Um, obviously, like watching Alex Ovechkin, um, he's an amazing one. One of the favorites. And who would be another? Who would be another one right now? Um, I like watching Brad Marchand play. I know that's not a popular, not a popular right. answer, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I like watching that dude play. All right, I'm, I'm sure time. there's tons more. But yeah, we're are... we're narrowing it down to three here. So yeah, number three for me. It's going to be very unpopular, especially with Rich. But it's Nikita Kucherov. I love that dude. Yeah, you got that right. I love his swagger. I love the way he plays. I love I love his game. <coughs> I really do love his game. If you watch the way he plays, he is he is like when he when when he when he finds open ice, all you got to do is put the stick on it, put the puck on his tape, and he's mm-hmm. going to bury it. Yep. He's a fun player to watch without the puck. Watch Nikita Kucherov without the puck and how he skates. He is such yeah. a uh, meticulous uh, type of player without mm-hmm. the puck, and that's the reason why he scores so many goals. Uh, my number two is Mark Andre Fleury. That's a good one. I mean, the dude is like Pecorine esque. He is as close to <laughs> Pecorine as I can say, as far as how he handles himself, pure class. Um, I, I've looked up a lot of what Mark Andre Fleury does um, off the ice, and I I'm always going to love a player for what they do off the ice. So mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury is number two for me. Uh, number one for me is Alex Ovechkin. It's perfect for this segment. He's always been, he was one of my first favorite players when I first started watching hockey when yeah. he was still a very young player. Uh, he when he started having his uh, rivalry with Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were both coming up in the league at the same time as two superstars, um, I I levitated towards Alex Ovechkin. I've always appreciated his oh, yeah. his raw passion for the game, how excited he gets. Uh, I feel like hockey has always needed more players like that who mm-hmm. wear who wear that passion on their sleeve. Um, so I, I yeah. love everything that Alex Ovechkin is doing right now. And I, I want to, yeah, I, sure. I want to see it happen. I want to see him break oh, yeah. his record. So yeah, I got to sure. say he's number one. Justin said he loves Jack Hughes. 
Mike Twitter said Jason Robertson's one of his Jason favorite. Robertson's a good one. That's a good one. I um, actually thought about Jason Robertson. Yeah. Um, Nikki said uh, Dubois, big sniper with a mean attitude. Okay. Uh, who else? Wait a minute. Nikki's a big Stars fan. I'm sure. I'm surprised she didn't bring up a Stars player. Taylor Sagan. Tyler Sagan. Taylor Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tyler. Taylor Sagan. Is that his new? Is that his cousin? Taylor Sequins. That's his brother. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Our final segment here of Catfish and Ice, episode 164. Um, man, it's been a great episode. Every time I think about the number, like every week it gets bigger and it's just amazing. <laughs> All right. Did you see team values, Rich? Forbes put out their uh, team values of NHLs. I teams. saw your your tweet. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty interesting, just because um, I, I nerd out on this type of stuff. Oh, I don't know. That's great. I, I always find it very fascinating to see um, how much teams are worth and what their value. Even though I can never wrap my head around that kind of money because I'll never have that kind of money, I always find it just very interesting. And so the Predators, they are 23rd in the NHL in team values. What do you think about that? That's respectable. Respectable, right? I mean, in a small market, I mean, they're in the national market. They're in a really (laughs) small market. They're never going to be more valuable than teams like Boston, New York, LA. But (coughs) it is pretty cool that they're as high as they are. The the franchise value grew by over $210 million from 2021. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a pretty significant jump there. And also, they this was the first year that the operating income of the franchise was in the positive uh, at $35 million plus, uh, first time since 2018. They were in the positive. So the team's oh. making money, Rich. They are making money. Yeah, that's Good awesome. for them. I guess, I, guess when, I guess when they rose the prices on those hot dogs and nachos, they started making some money. Yeah, they – I will give them props for that. They do have very good food there. It's very tasty. Um, did it? Did it say like what were like the top teams? Was it like uh, Chicago and Austin? And I'd have to go find it. Yeah, I just wonder. Like you know, like you know, I'm sure Chicago's up there. All those original six teams are probably worth a lot of money, but um, Tampa's probably were up there. I would say. Yeah, man, you win cups, man, and they, you know, that that ups your your cachet with everybody. So. Well, and also it's 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 really is about what market you're in as well. Yeah, I mean, that's true. The Nashville market's pretty small compared to mm-hmm. some of your other major NHL markets. Yeah, um, but <coughs> it's still very. I always find it very interesting though these investments and these owners and you know how much money they spent for these teams and it's just yeah. like it, it's dollar figures i'll never be able to wrap my head around but it's still yeah. i find it i still find it so fascinating so the predators mm. are valued at 810 million dollars which really is not i know that sounds like a lot of money but in terms of professional sports especially when you look at nfl franchises oh it's a really it's really chump change yeah it is for sure and that's I'm, I'm, unfortunate I'm, I'm trying to find. Um, yeah, I don't man. know. Just, man, you know. Forbes puts out a lot of tweets every day. Holy crap. Literally. They are a very busy Twitter account. 
I thought I'd be able to find it really quick, but um, apparently not. Um, I'm sorry. My apologies on that, folks. It's all okay. Um, either way, we are going to wrap up episode 164 <laughs> of Catfish and Ice with um, a really funny tweet I came across. Um, tweet. I like funny tweets. Rich, I know you drink caffeine because I just I see you drinking oh, a rock star. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so did you see this funny How tweet? Gratuitous. Did you see this TikTok? Uh, this funny tweet that was a TikTok from someone who was arguing and complaining about a Panera drink and how much caffeine it had, and apparently oh, they're going to sue him. I, I did. I watched your 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 tweet, man. That she's definitely had some caffeine. <laughs> this girl is sitting in Dude. her car. She's sitting in her car, Ooh. filming herself upset about how she drinks eight of these Panera drinks a day. And apparently these Panera drinks have 260 milligrams of caffeine. Um, coming, coming from a personal uh, caffeine addict, I drink a lot of caffeine. So caffeine mm-hmm. doesn't affect me a lot, but yeah, this girl, she was pretty <laughs> upset about it. She was lit too, man. They, like she was like, she said, uh, she said, I work in Panera. Well, I don't work for Panera. I work in Panera. Like, I work from home. I was like, you're like. Well, if she's drinking eight of those things a day, whether you have that much milligrams of caffeine or not, that's probably an issue. Like, that's a lot of anything per day. That is. That's a lot eight. of caffeine now. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do drink <laughs> a lot of caffeine probably more than I should. But um, Same. Me too. When I, when I saw 260 milligrams, I was like, I drink a so-called energy drink that has 300 milligrams so but she had um, eight of those yeah that, that that's where it gets a little bit i have to so see i drink my coffee every morning i have to have my coffee Ugh. so i don't, don't drink coffee drink, you don't drink coffee i do not i can't what kind of weird, like it what kind of i know, I, know. I don't like tea either that's probably right. even more weird so well that's okay Merry Christmas, All right, everybody. everybody. Merry Christmas to everybody <laughs> from Catfish on Ice. We figured we'd end the episode on that. Yeah. Uh, we will see you guys after the Christmas break. We'll try to get another episode to you before the new year ends. It's a really yep. weird, hectic time of year. But we sure. would love to get one more episode to you before uh, the calendar flips Absolutely. to 2023. We do want to take this time to thank you all oh, for yeah. watching us and sharing your comments, supporting the podcast. We cannot do this podcast without you all. I cannot nope. stress that enough to Nikki, to Max, to Justin, to Mike, Twitter, to Tim, to everyone who watches this podcast, who comments, who you listens, sorrows, everybody yeah, man, who downloads sure. the podcast and listens on their favorite podcast platform. We cannot thank you enough for listening to this podcast that I didn't think would make it five episodes. I'll be totally honest. Like when we started this episode, we started this podcast. I didn't think it would make it five episodes. It was just a random thing. I decided to start doing. Yeah. I want to thank um, hockey pot. I want to thank hockey podcast network for giving us this platform to start with. I want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring the podcast and doing what they do for us. Uh, just, Thanks all the way around to everyone who supports the show. Yeah, for sure. I remember when you asked asked me to be on it, I was so nervous. Like I was like, "What am I going to even say?" Like and I've said, some, I've said some stupid stuff over the course of these episodes, but yeah, the first few, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm way over my head." But 
And we're feeling love from our listeners here. We're going to go out on episode 164 with this. Mike Twitter says, thanks for hosting us. Nikki sends some hearts our way. We appreciate it. She says, Merry Christmas, y'all. Hope you get lots of mustard under the tree. I, Nikki, I don't like mustard. So I don't know. I don't know if I want she, mustard. She might mean a jersey or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what that means, but that's fine. I don't either really way, either way, we love you, Nikki, and we appreciate you listening. Thanks, yep. everybody. We will see you later. Hopefully, before 2023, we'll yep. see you one more time for a new episode. Sure. Until then, please have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, spend it with your families, appreciate the finer things in life, and let's stop being so mean to each other on Twitter. Yeah. How about that? Love it. That, that's a good New Year's resolution for all it of is. us. Let's be nicer to each other on Twitter. For sure. All right, everybody, take care. Have a good one.